BAM Radio Network. One of the first big things that music does is it helps kids focus and concentrate, not just in the classroom, but in life. For every year that kids spend in art, their SAT scores go up. Welcome to Music and Learning. I am Marianne Harmon. Hello, Eric. You've authored many books on the brain and their wonderful resources. The one we want to focus on today is my favorite, Music with the Brain in Mind. As a music teacher, I believe that if more parents were aware of what's happening in the brain with music and because of music, they wouldn't let the programs get cut from our schools. So what I'd like you to do is share your thoughts on that and why music is such an important part of school curriculum. I think the first thing to understand is that there is a difference between hearing music and playing music in terms of brain development. There are plenty of benefits for kids in a classroom hearing music. In other words, just hearing it can alter their emotional state, and that's worth a lot in school. Now, let's get to the good stuff, which is actually playing music. When you learn to play a music, it requires some changes in the brain, and every one of these changes are good. For example, if kids get involved with learning to play a musical instrument, they learn two things. One is the ability to focus on something for extended length of time. But the other thing is they learn to be able to suppress or exclude other outside distractors and influence. So I'd say one of the first big things that music does is it helps kids focus and concentrate, not just in the classroom, but in life. And it also helps them to learn to either work as a group or individually, depending on what the instrument or music they're playing may be. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of additional benefits. For example, playing a musical instrument also uh, helps strengthen kids' short-term memory. The value of that is immense because in a classroom, when a teacher gives kids directions and says, okay, here's what you do next. Many times when the teacher says go, the kids just sit there because they've already forgotten the direction. So it turns out that working memory is extremely important in academic performance as well as just real simple social skills such as what was your name again. If a teacher takes an instrument, whether it's a percussion or any other real simple one, and just taps the beat, the kids remembering the sequence of the beat and remembering what was done That's a working memory issue, and when that gets developed, kids have a working memory that's going to last them a lifetime. Your book did come out, I believe, in 2000, and you had the statistics on the math scores and the language scores on SATs. I would like you to take some time and share about how those statistics were so impressive. And then I was wondering if since then they have changed. In the past, people used to think of music as being a frill and used to think of it as being something that's a little bit more of an elective or luxury or right brain thing, but all of that is dead on wrong. All of that is false. The truth of the matter is that music helps build absolutely essential life skills and it helps build essential academic skills. On top of that, it's in a discipline all of its own that's worthy of any other standing or any other discipline. So in regards to the music 
in the scores on college entrance exams, the more time that you spend in music, as a general rule, the higher the scores are on both the math and the reading scores, more the verbal part of the SAT. So the test scores that we saw back years ago are still strong and the correlations are still strong today that show that when kids are involved with art, they consistently do better on the SAT scores. It wasn't that they were just self-selected and they showed up and automatically got a high test score. What it shows is that every year of exposure to music increases their SAT score, which is suggesting that it doesn't matter whether they're low income, middle income, or upper income, that it is the time spent in art which is most strongly correlated with the higher college entrance scores. And I know that some of the research you quoted was some of the work Frances Rauscher did with Gordon Shaw, and she stated that it was a use-it-or-lose-it scenario also, that if they took music out of their life, they could lose some of the connections that had been made early on. Is this still found to be true? Even if someone doesn't play music, and they've already learned to play a musical instrument, but if they don't play it for a while, there is enough of the muscle memory and enough of the auditory memory, enough of that to stick around so that the brain still remembers it after years. So the answer is some is lost, but some stays there. So right now that there are a significant number of musicians who are going out to assisted living homes and they're playing music to many that have retired and what they discover is that the music that they play completely re-triggers the brain's initial responses and that those that did know how to play before, they can get back into playing very quickly. In your book, you have this quote, the more educators use music to assist in the learning of other materials, the more quickly and accurately the materials will become embedded. If you could take a moment and explain about how it helps it to become better embedded in the brain. Well, music takes multiple pathways, which makes it a stronger memory. Even the listening of music engages the pathways of movement in the brain. Music evokes feelings, so now you're activating emotional centers. Often music will take you to another time or place, and that activates the visualization centers. So you can understand what makes musical applications in a school so robust is that you're activating in the brain not one, but sometimes two, three, or even four or different memory pathways, and that creates a pretty strong memory. A lot of people were becoming discouraged after the whole Mozart Effect book came out and people were given a a little bit of misrepresentation and they were starting to push music aside again. But would you say that now we might be getting through to people finally, or do you still think we have a very long way to go? Skeptics will always look for just one bit of evidence and then try to generalize that. You know, as an example, with global warming, there was this whole big snafu about the emails of scientists exchanging emails about the doubt that they had. When on the news, you can practically see the ice caps melting before your eyes, you know, and yet people will will take the one email problem and say, well, that disproves everything. Well, that doesn't disprove everything, and that's junk science. And the same thing with the Mozart effect. The fact of the matter is that there is an effect of music on our brain and there is an effect on us cognitively, emotionally. 
emotionally and physically. And so I think that we're going to continue to have to fight very hard to keep music out in front. The president announced a new initiatives in education in which arts were taking a little bit more of a stronger role. And I think that's a good step in the right direction. It is only the short-sighted and it is only those who are thinking of just how do I get the best score tomorrow instead of those who have the long view, which is how do we develop a better person, a better child in the long run. Those are the ones that are using the wisdom to be able to say music belongs in our schools as well it should. Well, thank you. And people like yourself out there helping to spread the word, hopefully we'll get more and more people to understand that. And thank you for your time today. You've been listening to Music and Learning with Marianne Harmon. Thanks for listening. This program is produced by Jack Street Media and is part of the Affiliate Nanocasting Network. Thanks for listening.